tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey everybody, welcome to the Legend of Korra after show, book four, Balance, and... Oh my god, we got so much to unpack in oh, just yeah. this one episode. We got, you know, the the worthless socialite prince. We got <laughs> we finally get to see Kuvira who just came in randomly in the, the last epi- yeah, the episode. Yeah, I called it. La- the, our yeah. last episode, I was like, that girl is shady, and I was correct. And, of course, we got the uh, the New Jedi Order of Airbenders. So many changes, and then, most of all, it's been three years. Like, a month for us, three years for all the characters. That was... that that Did that fake it's, you out? Because it got me. Um, It was kind of... It, it was great. I think it was needed. Um, cause if they would have just started where they left off, it would have just been kind of more of the same, but now you get to see these people progress. And so, uh, though the trailer was like three years later, so it wasn't really. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess I got to that trailer later. I had seen like the preview clip that it was like, it was Cora on the dock at, um, mm-hmm. Air Temple Island and she was about ready to like go off to the, the Southern Water Tribe, which I, I guess we're, we're going to have a flashback episode coming up here soon. That's, Probably. That's to let us know, but that I, I gotta give. You know the the creators of the show that that was that it, that at least got me and everyone can make can now make fun of me either via Twitter, YouTube comments, or Tumblr. But take take your pick, <laughs> take your pick. Just just send it my way so you so I so I know. No, guys, be nice. He doesn't deserve your scorn, but uh, you do need to get on the internet more. I I really do. I really do. All right. Well, let's move on and see if I can't earn that scorn. Ed, <laughs> I'd like to know who you guys are first to begin. <laughs> well, there's also that. Well, joining me joining me today is of course Tori Miller. Hey, hey. And I am John Quick. We are unfortunately my l- minus Miss Liz Rishmaui, but she will be joining us in the future and unfortunately Miss Katie Collin has to has to moved on to other shows, specifically Z Nation. So, you know, if you miss yourself some katie and need just a little bit of that fix you can hop on over to z nation uh but after you finish this show of course you know (laughs) we're not saying leave us don't please don't i need all of you (laughs) dude we talked about this don't get too needy i'll try but uh, all right but anyway so but leading into the three years so we get a nice little um recap of course from our announcer just you're kind of giving us, you know, that that good old fashioned. Ah, this Republic City is certainly a city on the rise. Like we see that people are actually living with the spirits. They renamed mm-hmm. the park after Cora and Varric's, um apparently magnetic monorail thing. Actually, that actually came back. Yeah, um, which was awesome. Yeah. I mean, because I I know that they had all the blimps and stuff like that, but to connect everyone through this monorail system um is really smart yeah i i guess like it's just like 
it does seem kind of odd because they have airships. Like, you know, why would, I guess, the rail system, but I guess the rail system would be cheaper maybe in some ways or a lot of ways. Likely, yeah. yeah. But, um, and plus the only people who really had the airships were, uh, like, the Republic City officials and, like, the the army and stuff like that. I think this is something that more uh, commercial people can use. That, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like kind of like it's kind of like that uh, the 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 travel for the everyman. So like now everybody can go around like at least the Earth Kingdom for right now. Maybe down to the Water Tribe, or you know they'll just build a giant bridge to the Fire Kingdom, the fi- <laughs> to the Fire Nation, which we have yet to see. I mm, fingers crossed this season. But but on the subject of the rail system, so we come out of that recap, and now we're looking at um, Asami right next to uh, President Tight Pants, or also President Raiko, as, <laughs> he's com- as he's known as, like opening up the new rail station as we get, you know, not only introduced to see what she's been doing, but also introduced to a, our, I guess, our replacement Bolin for Mako, Prince Wu, who's I, this, like, Paris Hilton-y, like, socialite <laughs> prince. Yeah, um, he's he's a big wacky. I use big in terms of his personality. He's a yeah. big wacky character. Um, he has all of the like the the pitfalls of royalty, where he needs everything to be just so, and he's always being pampered and protected and stuff like that. And so we have Mako kind of uh, what is the word bodyguarding him. Yeah. losing his mind at the same time is like again like i'm not kidding when i say he's our replacement bolin he's got like all of like bolin's idiosyncrasies but just dialed to 11 yeah and so much less charming (laughs) oh so much yeah i loved how he was just striking out hard just trying to pick (laughs) up on asami like that was that was great and just like not just ignoring her when she goes yeah i you know i do like the idea of putting you on a train and sending you somewhere very very far away (laughs) Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he was hoping that it would be together. I'm, I'm sure. And then Mako just coming in. It's like the, uh, the, the president needs you for some really important king stuff. <laughs> just go away, please. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like the new, the new older, uh, character models for these people like yeah. Asami. And cause I mean, this is, I feel like this is the first time you actually see your main characters grow up. Um, like Aang at some point grew hair. Yeah. Um, and you know, Korra never really changed that much except for her clothes, but like now you get to see them taller and more mature and like they're growing with you. Um, it's kind of like how Dragon Ball, if anyone is an anime fan out there, like they had Goku grow up and so he got to be more of a, uh, adult as well. And yeah, and take on more of those adult responsibilities. Like we see, like Asami has gotten future industries on track. Yeah. You know, Mako is, of course, like he, he's gotten promoted, although he kind of probably feels like it's a demotion. Right. But then, like, even like as, as we see, like, uh, going in with, with Prince Wu as he's expressing all of his concerns to President Raiko, to Lin, and to Tenzin, he's just like, you know, so you guys are, you guys are going to have the army backing me as I, as I go into Bossing Say, right? Like, and they're like, and it's like it's very clear that they're that they're just messing with him. It's like yeah, it's mostly handled, and it's <laughs> it's kind of and you're gonna be kind of okay. And then Lin's final thing of yeah, the chances of you getting assassinated are almost zero. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> it just uh, like tur- does that old turtle up thing right. Again, like he's, I guess, like I guess they were like was like we're missing Bo Lin with all of these interactions with Mako. Maybe we need to put him in. 
Yeah, I mean, there needs to be some uh, comic relief. I mean, because it, it seems like, at least from my perspective, that this this season is going to kind of be a little darker. I mean, they've got pretty dark in the last season, but like this one, the overall tone seems more uh, not stuffy, but more straight laced. Uh, it's a little bit more. I mean, like we're we're going to see more of that coming up when we get to Kuvira, but now now we're. We're kind of like moving a little. We'll move a little bit past Prince Wu to now Kai and Opal, and I, as we just call again, the, and the new Airbender Order. And I just gotta say, I love the new suit. Oh. Like, it, it, are, are are you on the opposite side? You're no, not liking the new suit. I love them. Um, they make <laughs> me think of like the uh, like spacesuits that you get in like futuristic shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and I love that they turn into squirrel suits. <laughs> it's, that is kind of funny, but it, I mean, it also works with like, cause the, the airbenders are supposed to be like, at least now they're kind of like the, the, the Shaolin monks or the Buddhist priests. And it's a very, and that's a very kind of, you know, Shaolin monk style kung fu thing to do. It's like, well, we, we need to improve how we get around or like what, what our style is. And so like look to nature. So I guess obviously they look to the, the flying squirrel. I might have gone with like an eagle since you know you need to fight things now, but flying squirrel, why not? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, cause eagle would be super unfunctional. Like can you imagine just ripping out giant wings and trying to fight with those? Well, actually that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, that would, yeah. <laughs> it would be like you're the vulture from, uh, from Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but still, these you can easily just clip right to your lapel. I get I guess there's there's more functionality to it. I I do miss the fact that they get lost the staffs, but that'll kind of come in later. So we see when um they roll up to it's the Yai province mm-hmm. and they they immediately they stop a um a group of bandits cuz going cuz going into this like we're now seeing just like how bad things are in some parts of the earth kingdom this town this apparently this capital of a province is like just very run down and bandits just roll in like it's it's no trouble and just steal the last bit of food that everybody has and then speed off and then just mm-hmm. dropping in out of the sky Kai, Kai and Opal just like put a stop to them immediately um, my question about these bandits are, were, were these bandits in, in existence before the rebellion, or are these regular people that decided to become bandits? I think it's a combination of both. I think there's always been bandits within the Earth Kingdom, because we, we've seen that, but I think the the oppressive regime of the uh the the queen mm-hmm. and i'm i'm totally spacing her name i don't know why um earth queen earth queen who got ganked there <laughs> um you know under her oppressive regime we saw more bandits come up and now that there has been like no centralized government you know things have just gotten worse and i'm sure more than a few regular people have turned to basically theft and bandit gangs just as a means to survive right i mean that makes sense yeah and it's just and but as the uh the, the the president of that province or like the governor like comes forward and is like well, wh- where's where's the rest of you and it's like it's just the two of them and like well we're we're enough we're all you got and he's like i i sent this months ago every single you know road in and out is blocked we're getting beset at all sides like you have to be able to do something and I, you know, I'll get, and, you know, I'll give them, you know, this much. They're like, well, you know, the air nation is spread really thin. And there was never that many of them to begin with. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that graduating class, there's like, what, like maybe about 10 mm-hmm. new airbenders in the world trying to police the entirety of the Earth Kingdom. That's yeah. like a, that's a tall order. I, I, 
And you have to imagine that, like, they've also... Their efforts are also split in two because there's still earth, earthbenders that need – or not earthbenders, but uh, airbenders that need to be found. So there's probably some um, that are doing the searching, others that are doing the the policing. And so there's only so there's only so many of them that can, can cover this giant earth kingdom. And just, you know, coming up right – and just coming up right behind them is, of oddly enough, like they're – so we know that the United Forces is apparently trying to help set the Earth Kingdom, you know, right. But then there's this other army that's coming through, led by none other than Kuvira. Mm-hmm. And uh, now named Kuvira the Uniter, which is, like, that. that's one of those, like, almost, like, backhanded, like, names. Like, Kuvira the Uniter, when you know she's doing... I guess she's technically <laughs> well, uniting. Yeah. Um, you know, but inside of her iron fist. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like one of those old style, like Mongolian, like, like Attila the Hun. Like it's, it's like one of those, uh, fascism kind of things. Yeah. Well, it's like, honestly speaking of which, it's like all of her, like that's all of her style of rule. So like we, we see her like on her train in the army as she's like, you know, they say, it's like, oh, we got two, like Varric's there. It's like, oh, we got two more provinces, you know, bust out the Julie, get the tea. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm not drinking until every single you know province is under is under our control mm-hmm. and then they get attacked by they get attacked by bandits and then like after she captures them there is that moment where it's just like you know it's basically like follow me and die or stay here and die <laughs> i mean that's not what she says but that's what it means well i mean sort of like uh well backing up that uh when she was taking out those bandits uh, amazing yeah. just like using her her uh armor to to chain them up essentially yeah, and it, and it was an it was a great fighting. It was like a great and interesting fighting style. She's literally like her armor, which is made of metal, and she's a master metal bender. She's mm-hmm. using these bands of her armor to like basically blind and then bind up by the hands or feet, just like all of those bandits, and then using those metals to then like clump them all together. Yeah, which is like yeah, it's a really cool style. I do see kind of like already like the weakness that's going to be exploited. It's like the more that she uses the more exposed she is yeah theoretically so it's like i guess like if you're fighting her it's like you have to like either overwhelm her or like you know kind of like let it go for a while maybe Mm -hmm. i'm hoping that's how it's going to end up but i'm not sure on that right yeah um but yeah but i guess going back to your question yeah essentially she had them all uh she's recruiting them which to me um i kind of interpret it or I guess I'm theorizing at this point that like, I mean, the only thing that she could use those, those bandits, those recruits for is if she was using them to essentially torment other nations to get them under her control. Which I was thinking that too, because there was a lot of, there was, I think like the bandit attack that's like, we'll we'll get to with Kai and Opal seemed almost a little too convenient. Like Mm -hmm. one, they were well coordinated and two, how did they get an airplane? Right. Yeah. It's like, and um, the which is like we'll see. Well, we're we're there's a lot of skipping ahead that we're doing here, but I guess like it's we'll we'll come we'll come back well, yeah, to that. This, this is a big unpack. There's a big scene to unpack. Unpack. I guess let's go on to some more lighter fare. As somebody <laughs> attempts to hit Prince Wu in the face with a pie. Yeah, what kind of uh, protesters use pies as their ammo? Well, it's like, I I guess it's just like, you know, because, like, in one, because it's a kid's show, it's got to (laughs) be, 
you know, like they're they're not actually going to be assassins. Although they built that that moment up to be like a real like honest assassination attempt. Right. Like Mako was just like looking right and left, and you see like shifty people coming through. And what we're also seeing that like Prince Wu. Like, I, I had a question the entire time. It was like, was Kuvira uniting the Earth Kingdom for Prince Wu? And that's, like, who, who's doing it? Or, like, or, or are they, like, an opposing force? Because you saw some people carrying, like, the banner of Kuvira the Uniter. And then mm-hmm. some people saying, like, we love you, Prince Wu. But it was a lot fewer people saying, we love you, Prince Wu, than, like, the, than raising the banner of Kuvira. Right. Um, well... I had assumed that she was doing it of her own accord, like it was just something that they had deemed that needed to be done, uh, especially after the Earth Kingdom went into chaos. Um, and then as she was going, she kind of got this like messiah complex and decided that it was her job and her duty to unite every, mm-hmm. unite all peoples within mm-hmm. our nation. Yeah, and you, you 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 see that a little bit. Like they convey a lot of that in the animation when she recruits those bandits. You see that like sly look on her face like how pleased she is that these people are like you know bending knee and loyalty to her it's you know it's very i mean we do see kind of later on that it's like there are kind of like benefits to her regime mm-hmm. in the sense that you're not starving to death but and uh, and, and also like bolin is with with her like right in that car and like you don't think that bolin would be part of something i i don't know how he got hooked in with all of that like well i mean it doesn't uh, like from the inside, I guess it doesn't really seem like an evil thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from within, it seems like they're going from nation to nation, providing supplies and providing protection. But I mean, from the city, state, nation standpoint, there these people are invaders coming in and essentially seizing control by force. And we'll actually we'll actually see that. Like you know, there 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 is a scene like just kind of after this where you know Kai Bolin and Opal and like everybody kind of like has their greeting and we see that there's a division. Like Opal doesn't believe in what Kuvira and it's and that's creating a divide between her and Bolin. But even more so, her own brother is apparently engaged now to Kuvira, which I think was the oldest oldest son was I believe so. Suyin's oldest son because we never. What was his name? Batar. Batar. Okay, because I don't think we got a name for him. Like I, I like rewound like six <laughs> times. I was like, it's got to be in there. <laughs> well, thanks for looking it up. Well, so they they have a reunion, but then we see Kuvira in this like this really incredibly tense scene of her talking with the governor in like getting him it's like all right now sign this treaty and we'll give you all of the food and protection that you desperately need and he just goes no i have heard what you do to provinces you come you come in and you just take over and everything is under your thumb she just goes oh no you'll still be governor just under my supervision (laughs) yeah she's like a mob boss right now yeah like totally like mob mob boss warlord and she she does this line it's like you will perish, dot, 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 unless you take my very generous offer. Uh, yeah. The good guys don't say that. No, not at all. And it's just, like, and so, like, we're seeing, and so, like, we're we're building her up to be this, like, we're already seeing, like, the, the villain cracks within her. And mm-hmm. we're, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see more, but though we see a little bit less later on, but, of course, the governor refuses to sign, and then... Opal and Kai decide it's just like, well, the pass the passages between the mountains are blocked, but the air isn't. Right. We have a flying bison. We'll we'll bring you supplies that you need. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, they go from village to village gathering food and uh, other supplies, warmth and blankets and all that stuff. And all of a sudden they're attacked by a plane full of bandits. Bandit plane, I call it. Mm. At least, at least, like, well, at least, like, one good solid bandit with just, like, a double, like, I guess you call it a, a swallow is what it is. I don't know. Is I'm it? pulling, I'm pulling from, from Chrono Cross on this one. <laughs> That's what he uses. So it's a swallow. And so a guy comes in and, like, they are, well, they're well coordinated mm-hmm. and they're very, very well supplied. This guy comes in and th- this is, like, one of those moments that I'm just like, yeah, why did you guys get rid of the staffs? Cause I almost think that the staff might have been a little bit better. I mean, Kai does a, you know, does his best trying to, you know, just knock this guy out right. of the air, take everything. But they they just end up like cutting the straps right off of Lefty, yeah, and take off with all the surprise supplies, kind of as you said, like a little conveniently. Yeah. Well, though I would say that like the staff is something that can be dropped and you can't really recover it. But having the squirrel suits mm-hmm. on, like a part of you, uh, you can essentially fly whenever you need to. Yeah. But I don't know, like, the staff was used, we've seen it used as, like, a really effective, like, weapon, weapon or, yeah. a- or amplifier, too, especially with, um, uh, not, G- uh, Zaheer, the way yeah. that Zaheer used it in the last season, like, he had a lot of, like, you know, interesting ways of, of airbending just with that in a more offensive way, so right. I was hoping that they, now that they have this job as, like, protectors and fighters, that they might adapt more of that style to their everyday. Yeah. Um, well, they're not cool enough. Or, yeah. <laughs> or maybe they're just not there. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're still learning. I mean, they've only been training for three years. Um, Zaheer had been essentially doing it his whole life. Yeah. And, well, and then we, we bring all, and then we bring all this back. Like, when they land in the village, the governor's like, where are all the supplies? And they're just like, well, we, we got hit by bandits. It's, you know, unfortunately, and, you know, and then Kai just like brings out, the, the treaty mm-hmm. that um, Kuvira basically had offered him. And he's just like, I think it's time you have to make a hard decision. And, and the guy's like, well, did, did I ever have a choice? Right. Um, and I, in this moment, I kind of felt like Kai was on Kuvira's side at this point. Like he believes in what she's doing, which I think will cause a little bit of a, a strife with her mm-hmm. and Opal, but or him and Opal, but yeah. I think it. I think it may just be that, like, because he's like he's a lot younger than Opal, and it could just be like he's just seeing that world. It's just like, well, Kuvira has the supplies, she has the army, they need it. We can't provide it, you know. You know, I think you. I think you should just. I think you should just do this. And it's like he doesn't kind of see the long term mm-hmm. in it, but it it might come in. But you know, as soon as they they sign it and they get it to um, Kuvira. Like she, she ends up right back in that village, and they're just like offloading like supplies and those mechs. Yes, I'm I so excited for the mechs. I I don't like. I'm also just like it seems like they're they're running on like some kind of power, and I'm just like, well, what? Like, can't you just like metal bend these things? Like, if you're inside them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, metal benders, uh, though we see them so prominently. I mean, I think they're still pretty rare. You can't have. Uh, a whole army of metal benders all around the world powering these things. Um, so I assume they're probably like steam powered or something like that. So, I guess something along those lines. But we we see a lot in that scene of like you know the the villagers are rejoicing, the kids are are playing. But it it was like it was a dark scene if you like see like I I guess like the 
it, I'm trying to think of like I I, I didn't want to go Godwin's Law on this, but like it, it did seem like some scenes were were like the Nazi Germany like rolled into like Austria where they were just like we surrender, just like you know come in, and then you see kind of the the children playing with the soldiers, mm-hmm. and it and they're just like and we bring food and medicine, and it like it had that you know it's just like this is all good, and then everything just went real dark again when Kuvira was just like turned to the governor and said it's like yeah everything's going to be great. So long as you know you pledge loyalty to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. And he he begrudgingly accepts, um, which he had no other choice. It's like, this is a woman who was willing to leave a bunch of bandits on a train track uh, if they didn't follow her. So what do you think that she would do to him? You know, I mean, she'd probably wait until he was, you know, away from his subjects, but she would kill the crap out of him. I, yeah, I think that she would go to that extreme. And I I think that's something that Opal, I don't know if Opal sees that in her or just sees her as a traitor to the Metal Clan, maybe? Uh, I think she sees her for the tyrant that she is. Um, I mean, she doesn't have to necessarily see that, that portion of her, but, like, she sees what she's doing and how she's essentially subjugating all these lands. Yeah, and a real is it's a it's one of the darker twists we've actually seen in like any of the in the avatar universe mm-hmm. so it's i'm real i'm excited to see like where it's going to be go- going forward and like what what also is going to happen between bolin and opal because this is very clearly like yeah they love each other but th- this is going to possibly like break them apart yeah which is sad cuz they're a really cute couple as, even as Kuvira says, oh, it's my favorite couple Aww. in a really creepy way because I don't think she can do anything that's <laughs> creepy at this point. But on, on a lighter note, getting us back to Air Temple Island, we see, you know, just like Tenzin and the family sitting around as they're uh, waiting for um, Avatar Korra to show back up. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Milo, Milo the boy has become <laughs> Milo the man. A n- nice little bit of levity there. Yeah. And Mako gets some really unfortunate news. <laughs> oh, uh, he thought he was going to be a detective, but he's going to Bossing Say. Which is, which is again, like we're seeing this more maturity in the show. Like as Lynn said, it's just like you're you're now a pawn in President Raiko's political game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we know that Prince Wu is kind of this like useless socialite, and apparently the United um, Forces are backing him. But it almost seems like like as Kuvira is making like is doing a like traditional warlord approach to like I'm going to unite the kingdoms it looks like President Raiko is doing this like more subterfuge like maybe just maybe he's like puppet state with Prince Wu and the and the United Republic can basically control the Earth Kingdom from from like the shadows Mm -hmm. I mean yeah that because the he obviously has no real uh, political prowess. He has no real, like, other than the fact that he is related to the former Earth Queen. Yeah. Uh, he has no right kind of leading all these people. And so it, it only makes sense from a political standpoint that, you know, Republic City would help him out whenever they can. Oh, of course. Yes. And it'll, and it, you know, you know, we're such close friends. Obviously, we need to get favorable trade agreements. <laughs> oh, of course. of course. But the big twist, the big twist at the end of this episode, that like, it, as a, in a show that's called The Legend of Korra, we've seen none of Korra so far, mm-hmm. but we see this, the southern, um, water tribe ship pull up to the dock, 
and um, Korra's father, Tonrock, Tonrock comes off, and like you know, of course, there's the greetings, and everyone's like, "Well, where's Korra?" And he's like, um, "What do you mean, where's Korra?" <laughs> yeah, uh, she left six months ago, and she's been sending me letters about how much fun she's having in the uh, on the Earth temple or Air Temple. And they're like, well, "Well, where is she?" And then suddenly, we're we're brought to this. The only way to best describe it, I don't know if it's pit fighting or MMA or like, I don't know how legal any of this is, but we just see Korra in an earthbending arena just fighting another earthbender, like seemingly all out. Like they're not pulling punches on any of this. And this, Batman begins again. And yet once more. And, and so like, but I guess like we're not only we're seeing like she has like a new haircut which again is kind of which like at the very uh, at the very end we're kind of see like she's like clark kenting it up with that right but above all we see that cora for the first time really cora just gets outbended mm-hmm. like we've never seen like cora just like in a physical confrontation just like lose it this hard like ever before and this is against somebody who just objectively is not as good as her as even at even at earthbending yeah um and that and especially since she is the avatar known for her essential physical prowess and she's the most aggressive it's weird to see her get her tail handed to her so hard and i think it's it's probably a bigger sign of the damage that was done during the last season yeah, um, and who knows if she even has access to the, her other build, bending? I mean, she might be still rebuilding her abilities from here. If if nothing, like rebuilding her body, because she may never be back to one hundred percent. And again, as you said, like she she was like the meathead hero. Yeah, which is like kind of what I've always loved about her because you ne- you never see a female meathead hero who's like their main <laughs> thing is I'm going to punch it until it stops. Right. Like that's you never see. Yeah, they, they it's always a guy that does that, and mm-hmm. so. They, I guess that this is a season we're going to see a lot more growth on Korra just as like her trying to be smarter as opposed to being stronger, which is – I definitely I think that's a good change for the show. Right. But, I agree. But like just that – well, now we see that ending line. Like we don't – like we don't know how, like how she feels about I guess being the Avatar anymore because that's been the whole of her identity and like as the the – fight promoter like when he tosses her her money and says hey don't anybody ever tell you you look like that avatar avatar cora girl (laughs) who's like yeah i get that a lot (laughs) (laughs) whatever happened to her i wouldn't know and like that's our end yeah and um well i mean for me i i was having a conversation about cora and in the progression of her character and that like or at least the progression of what the avatar is to this world mm -hmm. and at, at a time she was kind of like the pope like the the religion of of the avatar ruled the land and then slowly but surely government started taking over and it, and now they're able to govern themselves and there's no real place for her because everyone's kind of more self-sufficient than than uh they would need her to be a savior of I I guess I guess it's like she's struggling with that like not only where do I fit in now that like the airbenders are essentially doing what my job would be and you know the, this world seems to be able to balance itself. Like where do where do I where do I fit in? I yeah. guess like I I'm guessing that's where we're gonna go for the the rest of the season on like her own character journey. So, right. 
So getting ready to, I guess, <laughs> strap into that. Well, I guess that's that's all we got for this week. Looking forward to seeing you guys next time around. Yes, sir. Where can they uh, where they find you, Mr. Miller? You can find me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. Uh, you can also find me on the Sword Art Online panel on Sundays, the Doctor Who Classics panel on Wednesdays, and the upcoming Sunday Constantine panel. And I'm John Quick. You can find me on Twitter at, at @nowquick, and also on the Attack on Titan panel. And guys, if you're liking what we're doing, please like, comment, share on YouTube, and rate. Be sure to rate us and comment on iTunes, and mm-hmm. uh, join us live in the chat. We love hearing from you guys. Well, that's all for us this week. Look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday, where hopefully Liz will be back with us. Yep. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.